the very difficult moments that we're going to be celebrating as we get to Good Friday. And, but then we're looking forward to Sunday when we get to celebrate that yes. amazing uh, reality that Jesus is uh, resurrected, that his life, mm -hmm. the life that brought him back to, uh, yes. back to into being again, also that flows through us. And we're so expectant of that. And we're so mm -hmm. excited about that. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're going to have an amazing service on Sunday. Yes. Even though we don't get to be all together, we have done our best to do a celebration service yes. for Sunday morning. So make you don't sure miss that. Yeah, you don't miss it. It's going to be an amazing morning together. And even though we can't be in, in, you know, in this room <laughs> together, we can't be celebrating together. I trust that you guys are all connecting. You mm -hmm. all have uh, this, these beautiful tools that we have with cell phones and the yes. way we can interact even like this through Zoom and just mm -hmm. have meetings and face, uh, yeah. what do you call that guy when you have the video, <laughs> the telephone call, FaceTime. FaceTime. <laughs> and we just be able to be together, right? Yes. And I trust that you guys are doing that and just staying connected, just staying mm -hmm. as part of a body together, being there for one another. Uh, we are facing some fairly significant challenges, not only locally, but globally. And mm -hmm. so I really encourage you to stay connected. Yes. Just be there for one another mm -hmm. uh, and just continue to celebrate that sense of community, that sense of family that we're just so, we just so prize here. It's just yes. the biggest part of what we do yes. is that we get to do it together. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to just, as we step into tonight's teaching and just being able to encourage everybody and just spend a little bit of time uh, identifying some of the strategies and some of the ways that the Word of God can really be a powerful mechanism in each one of our lives. Um, I wanted to piggyback a little bit on what we talked about on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, we spent time really talking about how the giants and how I mean, perhaps even very minuscule things, very little things that are around us all the time, that we can treat those things as giants. Yeah. And it's really about the perception that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we consider what that thing is that's in front of us? Mm -hmm. You know, we see many of these stories in the Bible where you have this Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going up against the great and mighty king who's yeah. got the furnace <laughs> and the army behind him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we see David as he's facing Goliath. We yep. see Moses as he's going up against Pharaoh. We see even Jesus in the New Testament. Jesus goes up against the big guy, the devil himself. Mm -hmm. And we're really able to see how uh, the perceptions and the way those individuals, uh, very specifically those individuals, viewed the situation that they were in and how That's radically right. different that was, perhaps, than the other people who would have been uh, in the same situation, watching the same scene unfold, yeah. but yet their perception was radically different. Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest things that we always talk about is one of the things you have to know about the enemy is that he is amazing at casting shadows. <laughs> and he right. is, you know, perfectly like we've all done that with our kids where we get make the little duck face or the dinosaur face yeah, projected right onto the wall. <laughs> and that's exactly like what the enemy does. Right. And so much of like what you're saying, this battle, that we have or that we feel like we're in on a daily basis facing these giants so many of the giants are just projected shadows yeah. that the enemy tries to use against us to, right to cause us to back down <laughs> trying to keep my composure over here <laughs> just like that just like just that. like that he tries to sneak up on you with unexpected things and always make them appear larger and more yeah. intimidating and every battle we talk about this so many times he, he threatens that every battle is going to be your last. Yeah. This is the one that's going to take you out. This is the one that's going to cause you to go bankrupt. This is going to one that's yeah. going to tear your family apart. And every time, what is he doing? He's just trying to project a larger and larger and larger shadow to get you to back down from your faith. And I feel like that's what you're going to jump into tonight is some of the tools and the keys that we have learned in our journey that have kept us 
fighting and kept us passionate about Jesus and kept and us learning, strong. Yes. Learning through events that we've faced and say, okay, that we know that the way we saw that situation right. was not the right way. Not yes. In the midst of it, wow, did we ever get it wrong, yep. right? And then you kind of come out of it, but now you realize, wait a minute, okay, I'm going to, next time that thing happens, I'm not going to see it the way I saw it. That's right. I'm going to see it based on this other situation, and then it's not long right. that you don't even notice those situations happen anymore, mm -hmm. because now my perception of it has changed, and once my perception has changed, it's taken something that was a giant That's huge. and taken him off that pedestal. Yep. So now it's just like nothing I even bother with anymore. I don't even notice it anymore. Yeah, it's like two people where one person has a fear of spiders and the other person doesn't at all. Like, right. To Same me, spider. Yes, to me, like <laughs> that's one of the things I need healing on. It's my fear of spiders. Today I saw one on my back porch, and I knew I needed to just flick it off the porch, but I actually couldn't bring myself to yeah. come within inches of it. But I see how, to you, that same situation would have been nothing. Right. But it's just how we allow how those. How do we react? Yeah, how do we react? How do we allow those things to be, you know, in our lives? We make them at times bigger than God, right. rather than allowing them, like you're saying, we allow the truth to come in and invade a situation and it makes the enemy smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, and I think I, 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 uh, Tina and I were, your mom and I were having a discussion the other day about how what we observe is kind of like a hybrid system mm -hmm. when it comes to our understanding of spiritual things. Right. When we're at church, oh, we're just binding this and binding yeah. that and we're <laughs> victorious over this. Yeah. And then, then the situation comes, oh, there's some story that's come out of the other side of the world and mm -hmm. now we're all, wait a minute, forget about all that stuff. Yeah. Now we're going to start trying to figure it out all in the natural again using those. And it's, you know what, we have to really, I believe in the kingdom of God right now, there is an essential reality that we have to come to to say, mm -hmm. uh, decide. Mm -hmm. What do you believe about the world around us? Right. Do we believe that all of our perceptions and our ability to now gather information from all of our billions of right. online sources mm -hmm that I'm going to be able to gather enough information to figure out the conspiracy that is really going on around here? Yes. Or am I going to say, you know what, I really don't want to be part of all of that system and mm -hmm. use my whole life up trying to figure out all of these things that are going on around me. Instead of that, you know what, I'm going to go with a different system. Right. When Jesus was here, I'm so startled by this. You know, Jesus never treated one of those situations that he faced, and he just faced them on every single page, multiple times on every single page of our yes, Bible. Yes, but he never treated one of them mm -hmm. as though he needed to dig into it and find out what's going on here. Yeah. He just went after that thing and dealt with it right and right at face value. Yeah, and one of the things I love about him, and you know, over the past couple of days, just working through Palm Sunday, even with my kids, and you know, you see this amazing picture of this man who sees that the world is in need of a revival. And what happens on Palm Sunday, it's almost like the people give Jesus an out. They are glorifying him as king. And it would have been so easy for him to feel like, okay, I could just go with that yeah. easy road yeah. and let them make me king and become the people's choice and try to change the world in his own natural right. way. But that wasn't God's plan. And God's plan meant enduring a whole different level of obstacles. Yeah. But he was willing to not go the way that would have been easy, not go the way of the world, not go the way of the people's choice, but be able to say yes to God, even though it meant facing a giant.
giant. He was going to say yes at the Garden of Gethsemane and say, no, not my will, but yours be done and be able to stare that giant in the face and watch the Lord walk him through to victory. Yeah, because I think, and I really think that's the season that we are coming into right now. We talked a lot about this at the, when the millennium turned over mm -hmm. uh, about how this was the season of the apostolic ministry. And uh, apostolic ministry really means mm -hmm. that God is going to empower us. Yes. We're not going to wait around anymore to see what God as you know, God's going to come down and solve some problem for me. Right. That has never been God's way of doing it. Even no. when Jesus was here, Jesus could have certainly dealt with Caesar. He could have certainly dealt with the armies of Caesar. He could have certainly taken over the world at that time. Yep. And then we would have all come into line underneath Jesus and we'd have let him do all the heavy lifting. And right. then we would just have kind of wandered around, maybe dust up a few corners. Come on. But what, that's not God's plan. No. God's plan is that, uh, that his disciples in that day, yeah. they were going to be empowered by God to go and do their job, which then produced disciples, which then yes. produced disciples, which then produced you and I. Resurrection life was going to go on for thousands and thousands of years. When Jesus chose God's way, it was going to give us the power to be here in this moment talking to you right. about facing your Doing giants. our part. Yes. Not just waiting for God to come and just, you know, yes. I'm going to sit around and wait for God to do something. Yes. This is actually a season where we're going to become empowered. And I, I mentioned this on Sunday that I have noticed after my, you know, only few years in the kingdom now, but I have noticed that no matter how much faith we build, mm -hmm. how many confessions that we have, if we don't understand how to identify the trickery of the kingdom of darkness, right. they have, they're like masters of trickery. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have it in my notes here, that we live in a game of illusions. You know, you've probably all seen the different movies, you yeah. know, where the CIA is here and, you know, the, the, you know, all of that is going on. And you can't make heads or tails <laughs> of what is going on in the story yeah. because it's all illusions. It's just one illusion on top of another illusion on top of another. I was thinking as your mom and I were talking the other day about mm -hmm. how it must be for uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel. I mean, they must have an enormous amount of information that comes into onto his desk at any moment. <laughs> How does he possibly mm -hmm. understand which piece is real, which is actionable, which is yes. to be ignored? How do we actually do that? That's not unlike each one of our lives. That's right. As we are kind of gathering all of this information mm -hmm. and so much of it is actually built on trickery. It's illusion. Yeah. It's my perception of what might be this piece matched to that piece matched to this piece matched. After a while, you become quite paralyzed mm -hmm. because you're not really sure what it got. Even even what I could imagine in the leaders of the world is they're they're getting actually very contradictory information all the time. Yeah. One says go, one says stop. One says yes, one says no, and it's like, how do you identify this mm -hmm. stuff? I think they refer to that as decision fatigue. Yes. The bombarding of constant information and you're trying to do your best to make a decision at every single turn to stay on track. And after a while, I think that's why you're saying you could build your faith and build your faith and build your faith. But eventually the enemy is going to find you on a weekday or a tired day. And it's going to be that day. You're going to react right? sooner or later. You're going to react. You're going to react. Or the situation out of decision fatigue is going to become so mm -hmm. electrified yes. that it's like, okay, you're out of time. You need to, now that's the worst time to decide something. Yes. You know, the other thing that I have in my notes is this in the, in the, uh, in the area of illusion mm -hmm. is this term that they use in the spy world. It's okay. called tradecraft. 
And tradecraft is actually a skill. You go to whatever, CIA school or FBI. Well, I don't know who exactly all these people are. but Quantico. You, Quantico, <laughs> yeah, you've seen the shows, right? You go to the schools to learn how to do these deceptive things, mm -hmm. how to make somebody think that something is different than it actually is. Right. And I thought to myself, you know, that sounds a lot like what the kingdom of darkness is always doing. Totally. That over the 6,000 years that human beings, or they've been observing how we react to things, mm -hmm. how we learn things, mm -hmm. how we figure stuff out or think we figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and then how to twist our perceptions a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, until the world that as I think it is, has nothing to do with the way that it really is. Yeah. And so then situations come up and they're able just to toss a spider onto the desk here. Okay, all bets are off. Yeah. Who's got any faith? Nobody's got any faith in the room. Yes. Because there's a spider sitting right there. Yes. Or that's, I'm just picking on you for that situation. <laughs> One time that happened to me when I was leading worship and all of a sudden a spider starts <laughs> falling down from the ceiling. That was the true test of how much of a professional I actually was in that moment to oh. deal with that thing. I've been stung by a bee on stage. Yeah, it's been rough, but that's what you're saying. In in life, you know, that's what happens to us is you're trying to live this place of strength. You're just trying to make, you know, steps forward and all of a sudden a spider drops down from the ceiling and throws your whole day. Yeah, that's yeah. what the enemy thrives Not on. Not only that. throws your whole day, your whole day, but then for the rest of it time, you're kind of wondering every time you come up here, you're yeah. kind of wondering where the next spider is going to yeah, come. Yeah, been there. Trauma for that. Hey, <laughs> no condemnation if that's you tonight. <laughs> There's so freedom, the, and that's what we're going to talk about. Right. So the key of it, then, if we look at these this simple mechanics, yeah. what, do the, what do you need to do in order to understand how the kingdom of darkness uses fake information? Yes. How does he create fake dis, dis, uh, perceptions? Mm -hmm. How does he actually go about tricking us? Right. If we can identify, like if you know, I was mm -hmm. telling you, uh, you know, a, a, you know, an, uh, an inside story, yes. and I just winked at you real quick, then you'd know, okay, yeah. that is fooling around here this is not real because yes. I winked at you yes how do we know as we get into that situation right. which is all of us are facing it all the time mm -hmm. how do we know that this is just a game of trickery right. I know what I'm perceiving right now is mm -hmm. all fake yeah how can we tell the difference between what is truth and what is a lie if even facts that can present themselves in front of us can be false yeah, hard facts yes yeah. hard true facts doctors yeah. reports uh, your bank account numbers those are true <laughs> facts visa bill yeah your visa bill I don't use a visa card because of that your cell phone bill. yeah I don't like that kind of thing so but it's true we all face those things every day and I feel like that's one of you know people's biggest frustrations with the you know name it and claim it situation yeah. is that you know what do I do I'm faking it I'm yeah. faking it or I'm not being the same way we would say the enemy is trying to trick us sometimes it can feel like we are trying to trick ourselves by doing our confessions every day pretending that the things that are presenting themselves to us are not real but that's not what you're saying what you're saying is going a level deeper or looking at it from a place of truth that allows us to shape what's in front of us and change uh, facts. Yeah, but, but when you're taking a look now, the way that I'm seeing it is that when God designed human beings, mm -hmm. he designed us knowing that this was really going to be our biggest problem. Right. You know, I was thinking about that. I'm kind of working, thinking a lot about heaven lately and all that. And I'm thinking, well, there's no fear in heaven. And the reason that there's no fear in heaven is because there's no deception. Wow. I'm going to, the, the Bible says, I am going to know mm -hmm. when I get there. Right. 
And so now that I know, mm -hmm. okay, now I know there's nothing to be afraid of because right. I see it for what it is. Right. And so when we're here on this planet, God recognized we are going to have this real disadvantage, potentially, right. if we don't recognize how, where the winks are, right. we're going to be potentially in a very bad situation because we don't know how to decipher, is this real or is it fake? Yeah. And the, what I've discovered, now making it very, very simple, yeah, that's good. is that there is a mechanism on the inside of human beings that recognizes whether something is true or whether it's false. Mm -hmm. And we all know exactly that mechanism when I tell you what it is. What truth does is truth, by its very nature, creates faith, hope, and love. Yes. And so if you say something to me and it creates faith in me, like I feel stronger now. Mm -hmm. It produces hope, a positive expectation of the future. Yeah. Then that, uh, that is a si very solid signal to me that that thing is true. If it, if it makes me feel loved, it makes me feel significant, if it makes me feel valued and meaningful, mm -hmm. then I know that there's, there's truth in what you just said to me. Yeah. But then the converse is also true. Right. And we're going to have trouble deciphering this because so much of the information that we receive, uh, first of all, has a fear component to it. Yes. And then the second part of it is most of us grew up in a world that really didn't understand how to decipher this, right. how to train up our children in a way to identify fear and faith. So, so many of us, the traumas that we experienced, right. the result of those traumas was that we became more fearful. Right. And so how do we know something is a deception? How do we know it's mm -hmm. a lie mm -hmm. is because it creates fear. Right. It creates dread, a negative expectation of the future. Right. And it creates selfishness. It makes me care about myself right. rather than care about other people. It yes. just slowly shifts the, the priority of my mind. I might have been just concerned about, you know, how's everybody else doing? And all of a sudden, no, wait a minute, I got to care about me first. Yes. And when something does that, it automatically should be identifiable to us to say, okay, wait a minute, something about what I just heard. Yeah. Or something about the way I heard it. The way you heard it, right. The way I perceived what had just been said. Yes. Right? Because somebody could say, you know, here, have some ice cream. That's a good thing. Yes. Unless I already think I have an ice cream problem. <laughs> right. And then I'm going to hear that in a negative way. It wasn't intended to be fearful, mm -hmm. but it, I perceived it in a way that's saying, you know what? This is not going to be, this is not a happy thought for me. Right. And so when we can identify that, we are able to then dis, uh, uh, categorize mm -hmm. all the stuff that comes at me during the day. Mm -hmm. I'm able to say, you know what? If this created fear for me, yeah. then all of a sudden I know yeah. that that thing that created fear for me must be based on a deception. Right. Something about that. So I might as well pay no attention to it mm -hmm. because that's tradecraft. Right. Right. That's just some smoke and mirror, some illusion mm -hmm. that has been, that is trying to come at me. And I can just start off the equation by saying, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to ignore that. Awesome. I'm not paying any attention to awesome. that at all. Yep. Right. And if I do that, boy, I'm short circuiting probably 99% of the emotion, negative emotion that I feel during the day. Mm -hmm. If I'm just able to make the simple equation that says fear comes from deception. Right. Deception means it's not real. Yes. It means it's an illusion. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a way of perceiving it that is incorrect, mm -hmm. right? When the devil comes to you and says, you're going to die young, that's a day to celebrate. Right. <laughs> because he's a liar. if it makes me feel even a little bit mm -hmm. bad, then that makes make it a lie. Yeah. And therefore, one thing I'm not going to do mm -hmm. is I'm not going to die young. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I remember somebody come and tell me once I'm the kind of dream and the, and the dream was the devil told him he was going to die in an airplane. 
Right. I says, that's amazing. Right. Because I know one place you are. You may get a billion yes. places where you, you could may go. die. You will go probably. But you ain't going to go in an airplane. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Because the devil's a liar. Yes. And, and so where you can all of a sudden immediately, rather than give credibility to that, which right. I think we might have done in the past. Right is we can all of a sudden say, well, you know, that's a place for me to celebrate because yes. I know for one thing, I don't need to be afraid of this. Yeah, and even more than just trying to suppress it or, you know, reject it and ignore it, we have the ability to invite Jesus into it and hear, like you're saying, truth perspective that could take the exact same situation. And when you felt afraid five minutes ago, he comes and he speaks truth to the exact same right. situation and all of a sudden you feel faith. Right. So it's not that, you know, it's a very new age way of thinking about things as though you have to run from all the things that make you feel negative. No, no, That's no, not no. what we're, we're not saying not cower away from the fear. We're saying you I'm can. I'm saying pick the spider up and put it in your hand. Because you, Cause you, cause you, I you know. don't even have to do it afraid. No. Right. Because you can say, Jesus, what's the truth about this situation? And in him speaking truth, that will, like you're saying, produce faith on the inside. And then you can approach that same giant but with faith in your heart and not fear. And th in that spot, there's victory. Right. And if you just consider, I, I, you know, obviously we've been spending a lot of time with Psalm 91 lately. Yes. We're confessing it over the, uh, the church yeah. and over the, our community here and yes. over our family and over each other. Mm -hmm. And so you, when you, you hear these words yeah. of like, what is he actually saying? Now, I'm not saying it's just, oh, this is a great, you know, Bible. It's ancient no. wisdom and all. No, this is true. True for today. And it's just as true for today. Yes. And so listen to these things he's, he's taught. And just imagine yourself now, if I really believed that this was true. Yes. If I really believed that, yeah. then uh, what would I be afraid of? Yeah. Right? Do right. I have to be afraid of anything? He's saying I, that God is my shelter. He's yes. going to give me rest. He's yes. a refuge. He's a fortress. Mm -hmm. He'll save me. He'll yeah. cover me. He, I, I will not fear all of this stuff because uh, yes. it, it will not it will come not near come me. Near me. Uh, he's going to be my refuge. He says that again, my dwelling, no yes. harm will overtake me. That's no right. disaster. Angels will come and look after me. They'll mm -hmm. lift me up. Mm -hmm. That even I will tread on the spider and the <laughs> scorpion, you know, or the, as it says here, the lion and the cobra, <laughs> right? I will make trample. It make it right, personal. Make it personal. <laughs> he says, I will rescue you. I'll protect you. Mm -hmm. I will answer you. I'll be with you in trouble. Amen. I'll deliver you and honor you you I'll satisfy you yes. and show you my salvation yes I keep thinking okay so what is not included in that come on and so when we are you're kind of weighing these two things out mm -hmm. I'm hearing what the media is saying is you know we're in another you know our, our annual apocalypse is upon us right right instead I'm looking at it and say wait a minute that's kind of making me get the heebie-jeebies a little bit yeah what I really need is to stop listening to that yes. and start listening to this because mm -hmm. this is actually the truth. Yes. That no matter what what is carried in by the wind today, mm -hmm. then these scriptures, I will Love protect it. you. I will satisfy you. Yes. I will cover you. I will keep you from all harm. Mm -hmm. I will, I will, I yes. So in that, then it becomes the question, why are we afraid? If we really believe this, that's kind of the point that we're talking about today, mm -hmm. is when I really get to the place that I really believe this stuff, yeah. Now it's like, you know, a Corona what? <laughs> That's right. Right? Because God has already promised me this yes. and all I need to do is believe it. He says it in Isaiah as well. Mm -hmm. He says, do not fear yes, for I am with, with you. you. Don't be dismayed because yes. I am your God. Yes. I like the fact that he says, I am God. Yes. Who's going to mess with me? That's right. 
And then he says, not only that he's God, but Mm -hmm. he says, he's my God. He's going to look after me. Yes. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? Yeah, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. For you're with me. Yes. So what is the point here is that when I'm looking at the trade craft, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, Corona this, oh, economy that, oh, this person or that person Mm -hmm. or this situation or that situation. Instead of that, say, wait a minute, I'm not interested in all of that shrapnel. That's right. What I want to know is, what is it that's going to keep me safe? What is it? Who am I really? Where am I really? In whose mind is my life being carried right now? And then all of a sudden I can feel that my perception of the situation has got small. Yeah. That, that, that minuscule virus that became a giant mm-hmm. has gone back to just being a minuscule molecule that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It's not going to affect me even I, I love I way. love how the, the news and all of that, the media, can be a perfect analogy for what it's like to you know, encounter these situations because we have the power to change the channel. Yeah, right. Exactly. My my mom, mom always used to say that, like, you know, when you're listening to the idea of how, you know, how do you go between the voice of the enemy speaking and then hearing the voice of God? And she used to always say it's like an old radio where you would, you know, do the frequency knob. You don't have to. Who are you tuning into? You don't have to stay on the channel that's making you feel afraid. You have the power to change the channel, shut off the TV, the voices that have gotten too loud that are bringing the voice of the Lord and the voice of his word quieter and quieter and quieter you can change the channel and then just tune yourself to a different frequency a frequency of faith and then crank that up and watch faith begin to rise in your heart the enemy wants us to feel like we're stuck like if we don't watch it and we don't listen somehow we're going to be in a worse place but that's not true he's just trying to make us make his voice louder so that we feel like the giant that we're facing is insurmountable but that's not true because what Jesus did on this beautiful weekend is defeated yeah. everything right. he tries to threaten right. us with. Even if there was something to be afraid of yes. at one time. Yes. That that's not it. We look at the life of Jesus and there was nothing that could come against him. Even before he was in his resurrected body, right. nothing could come against him. But that's why he says even greater things right. will you do than I did because you are walking in resurrection power. Yeah. And so we can, like you're saying, we can Amazing. look at every single situation that comes against us and we can know, okay, if that's producing fear, there's something I'm not seeing. That's what yeah. you kept saying on Sunday. There's something I'm not seeing. There's something in my perception that's gotten off and so i'm just going to tune to a different station a different frequency and allow truth to come so that that giant gets very 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 small in the presence of jesus and i think the important part about it is to notice within yourself yes right i remember this when when i was first serving the lord and we were kind of going along i was a you know very avid consumer of the news and (laughs) you know that was part of my world and business Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff you have to kind of be aware and uh, gosh it must have been probably a decade or more probably 15 years that i just stopped consuming any current events Uh, one thing I noticed is I came back to it about 15 years later and nothing had changed. That's and right. I, so I, if you think you're missing something, Yeah, then... they say Smith Wigglesworth would never let a newspaper come into his home because he knew there was nothing that they were going to tell yeah. him that he couldn't find out from Holy Spirit. Yeah. And amazing, like how many newspapers now do we allow into our home yep. with all of these media sources that have access yes. with a ding, they get us to jump and go read, right? Mm-hmm. And But I think the important thing about it is that we recognize in ourselves mm-hmm. that when I submit myself or when I open up my perception gates yeah. to this or that or this or that, 
I can feel it's making me weaker and right. it's making me fearful. It's right. making me dread the future. Yep. It's making me care about me more than I care about others. Yes. And then, okay, okay, that's good. Stop right there. Then I go and open up a gateway where it's listening to the Lord or listening to, mm -hmm. you know, truth or listening to faith things or hope things. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it's like I lose, uh, that starts to go away then. Yes. And now all of a sudden I used to be way up here in fear, dread and selfishness. Right. And now that comes down Amen. as I go over here and I'm watching and I'm thinking, wow, I'm becoming more full of faith and I got more hope and I'm yes. just, I just start caring about the people in my community. <laughs> I start yeah. caring about other people now. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, then go back over here. And it goes like this and then go back over here and it goes and I start right. realizing, wait a minute, yes. why am I going over there at all? Right. I don't like the way that makes me feel. I don't like having fear in me. I don't like having a negative expectation. I don't like being selfish. Yes. All I need to do is when I recognize that, I say, okay, if I'm listening to the devil's mm -hmm. trade craft, yeah. I start feeling this. Mm -hmm. When I listen to God and the Holy Spirit, I'm yes. going to go over here. Yes. And just watch how that works and make your own decisions to say, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm good to just keep on weighing it over this side of the scale. Yes. And then whatever comes, you know, yes. because there'll be another thing after Corona, believe right. me. You know? Right, and the enemy wants you to keep looking in that direction because it continually reinforces the stronghold of fear in our hearts. Right. The more of negative things that we see, the more people that are dying from this or suffering from this or this crisis or that crisis. He wants, you know, your subconscious to be saying, see, I told you. Yeah. See, I told you, yeah. and that's it's what right. is right. That's There's what more evidence. causes the stronghold <laughs> to be reinforced in our hearts, and we want to be doing the opposite of that. We want to rob the strong man yeah. from those things that are trying to hold us back from our destiny, just like the Bible says. And I love how you, you know, we were talking earlier about that idea of casting down every vain imagination, yeah. everything that would try and exalt itself above the nature of God. We cast that thing down, and we allow it to come into submission to what the word says which yeah. is you're not going to come near me even though i'm walking through this i'm not walking alone yeah. and you begin to just rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and build that strength on the inside of you of the truth of the word of god so we're going to jump yeah. into this. well I just let me just share about that yeah. this you know they were saying i don't know what was on or somehow we got the information that uh -huh. this was going to be the big week yeah for corona and i can hear i don't know who was saying that on whatever thing was talking at the time yeah but I could hear your mother just rise up and say, not around here. That's right. That's right. Right. And so she, even though she did have the current events coming at her, yes. she was not letting it just come and just, yes. okay, let me just gorge on this. No, and It was like every yes. piece of information, she was talking back to that cell phone That's or whatever right. it was and That's letting right. them know. And there's just as many things, you know, if you follow different like prophetic things, um, mom and I are kind of into that sort of stuff, as you know, and like the Elijah list. And it's funny how the news media will pop up with how horrible the yeah, time is going right. to be at the same time that the prophetic voices rise up and say there's a shift that's coming yep. today which is Passover where this thing is going to yep. begin to shift it's for turning good as it's of today. turning as yep. of today and so it's funny how it's not funny but it's funny how the enemy can feel the rumblings for good and so he tries to make, tell people oh it's going to get bad it's going to get bad so that people would say oh it's going to get bad and then it gets bad but like you're saying <laughs> or at we, least it gets bad for them or at least it, it may not bad. get bad that's right it <laughs> may not get bad at all, but you feel, right. you know, going from crisis to crisis to crisis, you feel like you're constantly stuck in this thing, but that's exactly the trap he wants. Yeah. But what we're going to jump into. But how do you get out? 
I, yes, that's really that's out? what I want to talk about. The is weapons. That, and what do we find when we're saying, okay, so far what we've talked about is, okay, I've got this little thing going on in my head and yeah. it's, ooh, it's not feeling so great. Yeah. So I'm just going to get my Psalm 91 scripture and I'm going to read it and it's all going to vanish, uh, you know, into the, into the distance. Yeah. What happens if it doesn't? Yeah. What's the problem? Because there's so many things that in our world that we have been trained in the area of fear that we know every February I get the flu, right? right? Every January, my, my credit card is past due. Right. It's like, I've got these things that are these, I absolutely know that yes. one plus one equals two. Yeah. And because of that, I develop such a strong belief system in something that even though I try to come at it with the word of God, it doesn't have a lot of effect. Right. It does for a moment, right. <clears throat> but then it's not long before I, like a minute later, I'm back into it again. Right. Can I tell you the Bible? Bible calls that a stronghold. Yes. And that's not a, you know, it's, we shouldn't look at it as though that's a bad thing. Yeah, oh, no you know, condemnation. Not even a condemnation. There's strongholds for good things. Right. I have super solid positive belief systems in something mm -hmm. that the devil may come and say something, but it has no effect on me whatsoever. Right. That's because I have a good stronghold in my heart. Right. The problem is, is that when you have a bad, strong, a belief system mm -hmm. that's actually a deception, it's right. actually creating this constant flow of fear, dread, and selfishness in my life. Yeah. How do I get rid of that? Yeah. And that's kind of the scripture that you referred to earlier, where mm -hmm. Paul is talking about it, that we need to be able to pull down mm -hmm. these mighty strongholds yeah. that are in our lives. Yes. We need to get rid of them. And it says, casting down those imaginations yeah. and every high thing that exalts itself mm -hmm. against the knowledge of God, mm -hmm. bringing that into captivity. Yeah. Now, every single thought, bring it obedience into the of obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. Now think about what that is talking about. That's talking about we've got these things going on in our heads, these negative cycles, these negative thought patterns, negative yeah. emotions. Yeah. And he's saying what we need the ability to do is we need to grab hold of that thing and forcibly throw that thing out the front door. Yes. And what happens? If we can't do that, now we need to pull out some of our weapons of our warfare. Yes. And let's talk about, let's break that down so that we can actually get some tools now mm -hmm. to know exactly how to do it. Yes. So a stronghold is a deeply held belief system, mm -hmm. good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once, you, uh, once that has happened, you just can't talk yourself out of it anymore. Right. It's typically now these things are so ingrained in us, typically <laughs> rooted in our childhood experiences, uh -huh. right? So there's nobody to blame here. This is just something you figured out when you were three years old, of yep. course, totally qualified to figure out the mysteries of the world <laughs> at that time. Yes. It's generally, generationally, we lean towards, like from our parents and mm -hmm. our grandparents and all this stuff, we're going to lean towards perceiving something in a particularly negative way. Right. We're born, in fact, with a lot of these sort of leanings, these ways of doing it. Yeah. And it's based on the way we perceive a particular situation. Right. Right. Just because there's two, there's two kids in a sandbox and only one toy, yes. it does not mean there's a shortage of toys. Right. Right? I don't know if you know what happens at Toys R Us when they run out of toys they one day. More. They just make more and fill yep. the shelves up again. Totally. But which four-year-old understood that concept? Yes. Right? And then these problems, or these, these realities, become these things we figured out mm -hmm. through our teen years and our 20s, they become established in us. They yeah. become, this is absolutely one plus one equals two. There's yeah. no way around this. This is like gravity. It's an indisputable truth. Right 
even though it's, it's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? Now, Paul began to describe there to the Corinthian church, right. what are the, these weapons? How do you get rid of a stronghold? Right. Okay, first of all, he said, you got to identify the stronghold. Mm-hmm. We got to see it. Mm-hmm. And so how do we see it? Well, the main way that God, the main reason God allows us to go through these experiences where a spider falls down on the table mm-hmm. isn't because he's trying to scare you. No. He allows that situation in this natural world to happen mm-hmm. because he wants to say, okay, Jessica, let's get a hold of that and let's deal with the fact, why, are you, why do you think that little <laughs> spider is bigger than me? Yes. Right? do a little... <laughs> Let's on on, live let's, TV. Yeah, live TV. <laughs> but that's uh, why that's why these things happen, yeah. right? It's not that God brings Corona or no. He brings, you know, a cell phone bill that's bigger than it was supposed to of be. Course not. That's not what the, no, what God's all father. about. He's a good father. Yes. But He does want us to use those situations in order to identify. My response to that spider was right. not the way Jesus would have responded. Yeah, He doesn't want us to give the enemy even an inch in our lives. Not at and all. And so we have to be able to see none of these little situations it's funny to laugh about a spider but maybe that is indicative of a deeper issue of fear that it's okay to use me in this situation that I allowed in my life that he sees the bigger picture of what that fear is doing and that's why he draws your attention to the spider and gives you an opportunity to deal with the fear instead of giving the enemy that foothold in your life once you see it and you bring the father into it and you say okay father what is this little fear actually doing to me once you can see it from his perspective like you're saying then it becomes a weapon Right. And we say, okay, now I need to deal with this because yes. it's not, that's not the only place mm-hmm. that that fear is affecting your life. That's right. The one every, one time every six months when you happen to come within three feet of a spider, yes. that fear is creating a whole bunch of other problems. I'm yes. sorry to pick on your, on your it's maybe, no, it may no. be a little bit easier it's to okay. deal with than people's yeah, issues it, they're dealing with, with this virus this, right now. The but. second point that you have in this idea of being able to see is that idea of p- the mentors and people that are around us and giving the people that know you the voice in your life to be able to say hey i see a pattern of this i see a pattern of fear or even just cautiousness you can imagine that in a child we were talking about that with olivia and hudson today and how much of olivia's day is spent wrangling her fearless brother who is you know (laughs) not trying to hold on to the handrails climbing down the stairs but i don't think he sees the stairs right there (laughs) right and but it's easy you know to feel like okay you begin to see a pattern of cautiousness and having to be sure as a parent that that's not the enemy right. trying to get a foothold in her heart right because even that's though just she, a caring big sister that's right, the, right. And, no and, fear and, no necessary no, no necessity for there to be fear there and that's exactly what mentors do in our lives is they say they they watch us they're close to us and they say hey i see a pattern of this maybe this is something you should take to holy spirit yeah. and see you know is there a deeper thing going on and each of us even, welcomes that. and there's nothing wrong with you not liking spiders no right it's, it's, it, 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 there is a nuance there that <laughs> yes. says, I don't prefer there to be a spider sitting on the table beside me. Of course. But then there's but a... But I'm that, not going to run afraid. Right. Right. That right. spider is not taking a place in my heart that is bigger than God. Right. And th- then the third one here would be for us to really look at it from a place of self-evaluation. Yes. Right. That I can lay in my bed at night. Yeah. And before I go to sleep, I can look and take the time with the Holy Spirit <laughs> and the Holy Spirit can say... You know, when that person cut you off on the highway right. How and you, you freaked out at them and gave yep. them half a peace sign, yeah. that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't necessarily going to be the right response. Absolutely. And then he can talk you through that yes. to say, okay, 
what's actually going on here? Yeah. Right? Is it actually, is that actually a righteous response? Amen. Is that what Jesus would do? Amen. And then Number the second two. point would mm -hmm. be to cast down those imaginations. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that when I recognize, okay, clearly, whatever caused me to, to respond that way mm -hmm. was not uh, truth. Right. It was deception. Yeah. And then what I'm easily able to do then is just renounce that deception, renounce right? Deception. That I'm just not interested in that. And the Holy Spirit, I'm looking, for, I'm looking to get out of that. Yep. However, that thing found its way into my heart. Yes. I am really interested in getting rid of that. Awesome. The reason that's so important is because we are created as human beings, as, as sovereign beings. Yeah, God doesn't force you. And he will not choose for you, yep. right? I'm, I wish sometimes, because he's a lot smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he would choose for me. Yeah. But God will lead me into the decision, but needs me to make the decision uh, yes. by myself. Absolutely. Right? And because there are times when the belief systems that I have mm -hmm. are actually good belief systems, right. and I want to keep those. Right. Right? Yep. But the kingdom of darkness needs you to make that decision. Absolutely. They don't need you in order for you to exercise the right authority over that you know, trickery yes. focused being that's mm -hmm. trying to stay, to keep you in that illusionary world, mm -hmm. you have to be able to remove that anchor from them to get them to move away from your life and get that thing to calm down. Yes. yes. Right. Then he says that we want to identify those things that are against the knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what's the key piece of that is the knowledge. You've got to go. I got to compare it to something. Yeah. Right. God says that I'll keep you and you won't even dash your foot against a stone. Mm -hmm. And I'm afraid of getting into a car accident. Right. Right. Those are not they're not compatible together. That's right. Right. And so then I'm able to then go into it and look at it and go, why am I afraid? Why am I afraid? When Psalm 91 says that, why am I afraid? Yes. And really, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. Right. In that situation, if I do dash my foot against a stone, that's that's not worth fearing over. Mm -hmm. Right. Even in this situation that we're that we're in right now, is it good that our, our whole, the whole globe enters into this massive fear place or should we just get faith and get it fixed and get hopeful and, you know, get the, an understanding of the world as it's going to go from here and then go and get at it. That's right. Right. Which one of those is actually better? Which is least harmful? Right. Yes. And then you want to take the, get the Holy Spirit to begin to talk to you about where did that belief system come from? Mm -hmm. Because as long as that experience is there, and when we had this negative experience, maybe with spiders when you were young, it really is important for you to be able to go back to some of those traumatic experiences in life and just let God heal those. Because yes. this funny thing about traumas and real experiences, or at least what we perceive to be real experiences, mm -hmm. they do have the ability to cause us to have problems in the future. Because those memories keep coming back up, mm -hmm. right? That's why we believe so much in Rhema and in transformation in our house because we see that, you know, one little situation has the power to change a person's whole trajectory in life. Oh my gosh, you see know? it all the time. And and we, we don't want and that for ourselves and want that for you, right? I'm not saying silly in that in a in a in a yeah, derogatory way. It's just, way. Like it's just a small it, situation. Absolutely. It's, that made such a big change in a person's life. Just like we're you know, making light of the situation with talking about the fear of spiders, but you can imagine what if I was called to be a missionary in the Amazon jungle. Yeah, what if? Uh, 
Yeah, I've thought about that. I've thought about that so many times. Like, yeah. how could I go to Africa and stay in a mud no. hut? All I see is tarantulas on the walls in my thoughts. And I think, oh, sorry. You know, which that maybe I'm not is, feeling the Lord. I'm just right. not, I'm not feeling the Lord. Right. Let this cup pass for me, as Jesus said. But we're not trying to make light of the situation. No. It's easy to laugh about spiders because we all know that's so insignificant. But our everyday lives are affected by this. You know, I was at the bank today and they have these little markers on the ground that say, and staying together, let's stay apart, or something like that. And I'm thinking, none of these people in this line no. are trying to think about staying together with me. Like these little markers are just reminding us that that person is unsafe. Yeah, they're and, dangerous. Yeah, they're dangerous. But that's yeah. feeding a fear that people already believe. And right. so you can see how the enemy, with these little tiny seeds, what he's trying to do yeah, is just all trade craft. Yeah, he's trying to reinforce the traumas, reinforce yeah. the fears. And we have to, like you're saying, invite the Holy Spirit and and weigh that thing. Dig into it for a second so that you can weigh that thing against the truth of the knowledge of God yeah. and say, Holy Spirit, what do you say? What do you say about this? And allow his truth to make that situation very small and his voice becomes large inside of our lives. Right. And even to revisit, have the have the courage to revisit some of these different traumatic events that we have through our lives. Yes. You know, the one thing about our being is that our subconscious really does care about these traumas. Yeah. They really did hurt. Mm -hmm. They really were painful. And the, your, your, your inner part of your being does not want to see that situation repeated. No. Mm -hmm. And so you really have to give the Holy Spirit just a little bit of time yeah. to fix what is oftentimes a very small situation that happened very early in our lives, but it just like a snowball as it's rolling downhill, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And we think this is an enormous problem to fix mm -hmm. when in fact it's a very small situation, That's relatively right. speaking. That's right. And then the final piece is just bring it all into, the, into obedience to Christ. Mm -hmm. And obedience is kind of like you making a decision to obey. Yeah. Right. It's when I say, OK, God, I see that what I believed was a lie. I see that, that the way you're describing that situation in my life is so true. Yeah. And I make that decision and I just say that simple prayer that I, I renounce that lie. I believe this truth. Yes. I've decided to go with God. Mm -hmm. And then just make a commitment to take, okay, the next month or the next two months, just revisit that in your meditation time once or twice a day mm -hmm. that I have declared that, you know, God keeps me, that I have nothing to be afraid of, that whether it's a big, huge giant or a tiny little virus, mm -hmm. I don't have anything to be afraid of. That's if that's right. what you felt that the Holy Spirit told you. Mm -hmm. And then as you keep revisiting that, on the positive side, it won't be long before that fear, it isn't really That's part of right. that stronghold, as it were, it doesn't really have any strength in you at all. Yes. Some other situation comes up next year and you just speak the word to that thing Amen. and it's gone. There's not a single bit of fear to it. Amen. And we're in a, in, in a sense, what we've done is we've taken this little uh, circuit of fear mm -hmm. and we've removed that circuit from our heart. Amen. That same situation comes back again later on mm -hmm. and it doesn't do anything to Amen. it. It doesn't even have any effect whatsoever. Amen. And it's not a complicated process. It's yes. just a simple time of prayer as we go yes. to sleep at night, mm -hmm. as we maybe have our mentors work through it or mm -hmm. just, you know, maybe we're just with ourselves and maybe we're in other situations where we can just say, you know what, there's not a good reason why I am allowing my mind and my heart to wander down mm -hmm 
into these fearful situations. Yes. And that's really what Jesus did, right? When yes. he gave us victory. And and when, when he tells us to remember what he did, you know, we've, we've made communion a part of our every service every time we come together because that's really what he said. And especially today on Passover, mm -hmm. you know, we talked about that, about, you know, that idea of putting the blood on the doorpost and what that meant to them. That was just their meditation. Yeah. That was their meditation. What were the kids thinking as they're watching their moms and dads do that? Their parents would tell them the story and they together yeah. would meditate on that truth of how the father protected them and how yeah. because they had a covenant with Almighty God, even when the plagues came, they were safe and they thought back on that. And that's the same thing that we encourage you to do. Maybe with your families tonight or with us right now, where you just take a minute and you take communion and you deal with the fear. If the spirit of fear has tried to come in and have a foothold in your home and you just can feel something is just not right there's just a underlying current of fear and chaos and before you go to sleep tonight we encourage you just to take yeah, a minute and like you're saying yeah. kick them out the front door yeah. you know a lot of times the mcdonald family would be yeah. kicking things out the front door <laughs> because you got to do business with the kingdom yeah. of darkness yeah. and it does change they're not playing things. That's right. They're not playing. That's they right. really do want to destroy every minute of your life. Yeah, so why don't you pray for us? Yes. Take a second and we'll take communion together. And so, Jesus, we are so grateful for, as we even celebrate this Passion Week and our the Easter Week, yes. the Resurrection Sunday coming right in a few days. Lord, we are so grateful for the decisions that you made. First of all, to come to this planet, to come and minister to us and show us the truth, to demonstrate to us what it really means to be a human being. And then out of that, that, that supreme place that you had on this planet and to decide to humble yourself and allow yourself to be uh, put under the boot of the kingdom of darkness for that short season, allowing yourself to die that death on the cross in order that you would pass to us resurrection life, yes. that each one of our eyes could be opened, that we could see clearly the difference between faith and fear we could see the difference between truth and deception. We would be able to become skillful in identifying the tradecraft of the kingdom of darkness as they try to trick us and deceive us and give us perceptions and understandings that are just leading us further and further and further into fear. Jesus, we know that you died on the cross to open our eyes, to set us free, to give us the ability to be resurrection people on this planet, to live like you lived, to see like you see, saw. <laughs> Jesus, we're so grateful for that. If it wasn't for the cross, Lord, we'd have no hope to see. That's right. We would still be bound, we'd still be in prison. We'd still be locked in our deceptions. Jesus. And so Jesus, we're so thankful for what you did. And as we celebrate communion, we receive the victory. Thank you, Jesus. We receive our minds. You just even allow yourself to see that as you take communion today. Just see your mind being opened up to see the tradecraft, to see the trickery, to see the illusions. All because of what Jesus did. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead as you're ready. Just go ahead and receive the elements of communion with us.